You're listening to No Borders Media. This is an exclusive interview with Indigenous sovereignist and warrior Kanhaus Manuel in the aftermath of the Canada Federal Court of Appeal decision to quash approval of the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline project. The pipeline, which would move tar sands, crude, and refined oil from Alberta to the British Columbia coast, has been actively opposed by diverse groups and by varied means, including civil disobedience and direct action. The heart of the resistance has been Indigenous nations in the path of the proposed pipeline. Kanahos is active with both the Shemakwak Women Warriors and the Tiny House Warriors in resisting the Trans Mountain Pipeline. For many years, she has resisted corporate exploitation of the lands of her people, including the Sun Peak Ski Resort, Imperial Metals, as well as the Mount Pauli Mine. In this exclusive interview, the first one she has given since the Federal Court of Appeal decision, Kanahos both responds to the recent legal victory against the pipeline and provides context and analysis about ongoing grassroots resistance to the pipeline, as well as the colonial capitalism of the Canadian state. She speaks to us from beside the Blue River on the Shawakmuk territory on the path of the proposed pipeline. This interview was recorded on September 1st, 2018 by Jaggi Singh for No Borders Media. I'm speaking with Kanahos Manuel. Kanahos is a Shumakmuk woman warrior based in the interior of BC. She's been on the front lines of res- resisting uh, various forms of exploitation and resource extraction. Kanahos, uh, uh, welcome to No Borders Media. Hello. Kanahos, uh, I want to get your initial reaction to the announcement by the Federal Court of Appeal that the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline that goes through the traditional territories of your people is, as of now, blocked for both environmental reasons and for failure to negotiate and inform uh, Indigenous nations. Uh, Give us your initial reactions. Well, my initial reaction all the time is like, yeah, we've been saying this since the very beginning, that there has never been consultation for any type of resource development project or resource extraction project within our territory. It's nothing new what is being said. What is new is that if these courts are pro- are starting to grow up and and realize that they have to begin to recognize that we have rights and title that exist here in our country and, you know, building themselves to the standard that they are already supposed to be, you know, living by. And so one thing that people also really need to clearly understand and clearly know is that the Kinder Morgan Canada was meeting with the government of Canada that very same day that the court decision came down. And within half an hour of the court's decision, Kinder Morgan and Canada and the government of Canada was solidifying and sealing the deal for the purchase of this Trans Mountain Pipeline project. And we see clearly that Canada, you know, they wish to clearly ignore this court's decision. And we're still on the ground. Right now I'm in Blue River, Tiny House Warriors, and and the area where the proposed man camp. But there has been construction, and there has been construction on this line within the Sequatmuk Territory. And we have gotten, you know, footage. We've been able to document and monitor the construction that was happening. And now we're ready to head out, you know, again on another, you know, mission here to do some more monitoring and make sure that, you know, the shovels are put down and this pumping station in the northern part of our territory has ceased. And we'll see. We'll we'll continue to monitor. There is security on the ground um, today. For... uh Listeners who don't know or, or need the context, the Kinder Morton Trans Mountain Pipeline is 
an expansion of an existing pipeline. It would it would expand the thousand mile pipeline between uh, the Tar Sands area of Alberta and the west coast of BC. And uh, since its announcement, it's been resisted. It's been resisted by all kinds of folks, but particularly Indigenous nations, the Squamish and uh, Tsleil-Waututh nations on the coast, but also your your nation, the Shawapmuk nation. And uh, as you just said, it's this is something you've been saying for a long time. And beyond the courts and beyond politicians, even well-meaning politicians who want to oppose the pipeline, there's the grassroots organizing, particularly the frontline organizing by folks like you. So talk about how that organizing looks like and what, what will happen now that temporarily this, uh, this pipeline is halted. Well, with the Sukhwatmuk Women Warriors and, and within our nation, where a lot of our organizing is through Sukhwatmuk mothers and families that you know, are all about the protection of our territories, um, one of the very first things you know, we teach our children is that before, you know, rights and title is our responsibilities to our lands. And those responsibilities, they, they, they scream our rights and title. They, they, there's no way, you know, to follow our responsibility and then violate our rights. Like, by following our responsibility to protect our, our lands, we're upholding our rights and our title to our lands. And, and with the Women Warrior Society, we and the Sukhwatmuk women warriors in our nation, we have been blocking and stopping and confronting, you know, not just Kinder Morgan, but also Imperial Metals in our territory. And one of our first actions against Kinder Morgan was around three years ago. And it was a, a federal, you know, a, a federal report that was being released and it was on pipeline safety and tanker safety. You know, one of the very first things on the summary that this um, federal report said what to avoid conflict and confrontation, you know, on the ground. And their purpose was to go and talk to as many Native organizations and INAC Indian bands to um, start working and, and persuading them that the safety of this pipeline was going to be state-of-the-art, that it was going to be able to protect the waters and the berry picking and the hunting grounds and everything. But we saw firsthand at the Mount Polly mine tailings disaster, one of the world's and Canada's largest, one of Canada's largest mine tailings disasters that happened four years ago, that not even the top science could stop, you know, a mine spill, a mine disaster. And that's what we're saying with this bitumen pipeline is like not even the top science could stop this bitumen from flowing into our lands and our waters. And we're not willing to take that risk. We're already being bombarded by industry and fish farms and all of these things that are impacting our food sovereignty and our food security. That's, it's like, it's all based off of food. You know, our lands is our economy. They're saying that this pipeline is going to, you know, increase, you know, Canada's, you know, economy, benefit the economy. No, what it's going to do to Sukhwatmuk people is actually devastate our already existing economy that you wouldn't even be able to put a monetary value on it. It's unquantifiable, the amount that are the wealth and the value of our territory. And this bitumen pipeline, you know, threatens our wealth, you know, decreases our value of our lands by bringing this pipeline through. And so the economic argument, you know, that we hear from Justin Trudeau this is going to benefit the economy, but they're only thinking about their government's economy. They're not thinking about our already existing indigenous economy that has always existed. Our people are still picking berries today. You know, this area that has been proposed for this Kinder Morgan Man Camp, 
that we're actually blocking right now where I am is our blueberry fields. It's a forest of blueberries, so much blueberries. People come and pick this and people have been picking these blueberries for thousands of years and it hasn't stopped. And so, you know, we look at Canada's economies and trade that has built up this whole entire country and the wealth of this, this, this country called Canada. And it's been because they've removed indigenous peoples off of our traditional territories onto the 0.2 Indian reserve land base in Canada and Canada has gotten very wealthy off of 99.8%. And they have built it off of this, this economy that is destroying our land. Our, our climate is changing because of this, you know, monstrous industry, you know, that's, and their economy is based off of these industries that destroy. And so what we're saying is that we've already had a beautiful economy that existed and, and we have to start forming our ways to look at our lands as not just resources or something that could be taken for money. Like there's, there's things that are a lot more important, like our clean water and our clean air. And people won't know until they go other places around the world, the quality of air that we have here the quality of water that we have here and hence the quality of life that we have when we have those clean water and air and land. And so, you know, we're all about life here and a lot of people here on the West coast, you know, in so-called British Columbia are here because they also love the nature. And, but what about the rest of the other parts of Canada? You know, how, how do we, you know, organize with other parts of Canada to say, hey, this Canadian, Canada purchased this pipeline. They didn't care about the court decision. Like, how are we going to assist our, you know, fellow people on, in, in so-called British Columbia? And, but it's all the same issue because they're bringing tar sands pipelines onto the east too. The Alberta tar sands is what links right now. Our resistance, you know, on the, on the west and the east is this pipeline and it's all these pipelines and it's all coming from the Alberta tar sands. And so when we hear those rallying cries, keep it in the ground and stop it at the source, that's real. We do want to keep it in the ground and stop it at the source and bring all the attention, you know, to the Alberta tar sands. It's tech resources, you know, a big company that wants to fuel um, the majority of the trans mountain pipeline, 890,000 barrels per day on tech resources is actually applying for permits right now. Indigenous communities surrounding the tar sands are opposed to this project because it'll just bring more devastation. And this, they're saying that this will be one of the biggest Alberta tar sands mines ever that they've ever had within those hundreds of um, tar sands operations there in the Alberta tar sands. So, you know, we have a big job, you know, if we're going to really bring attention and address address this. And one of the things is by, you know, understanding that, you know, supporting indigenous movements, um, solidarity with indigenous people, and understanding that, you know, pretty well everything west of the Rockies is unceded territories. We've never ceded our lands to Great Britain, Canada, nor British Columbia. We've never signed a treaty, you know, with any of those colonial governments. And our lands are still being you know, dispute and a, a conflict over our land here in unceded territories in British Columbia.
Kanahus, you've referred to the tiny house warriors and the camp that you're speaking from right now to uh, resist what's called a man camp. So can you just uh, let our listeners know what are wh- who are the tiny house warriors? What is this strategy that you've been using? Uh, and what is this uh, this uh, proposed uh, man camp uh, to help build this this pipeline? Well, tiny house warriors, everybody loves tiny house warriors. We're building 10 tiny houses on wheels um, to be launched in, in different strategic areas along this corridor, this pipeline corridor, to stop it and block it and stop this construction from happening. And our first you know, area that we, we launched and deployed our tiny house tiny houses that was the North Thompson Provincial Park. It was a site where we had hosted an Indigenous traditional tattoo gathering to talk about decolonization and we really really linking that the revival of our ways and our traditions and our culture through tattooing is also the revival of our responsibilities and protection of our lands because our symbols are so our tattoo symbols are so marked with, you know, the land and the, and you can't you can't separate our tattooing from from our connection with the land. So we chose to have this tattoo gathering and launch of tiny houses there at this area because it is the site of our ancient village site of our people. There's hundreds of uh, underground pit houses, Sequatmook winter village site of our people, and the fishing ground. And this area has become a provincial park. And we had this there because the proposed Trans Mountain Pipeline proposes to cut through right to the village site and ancestral burial grounds. We maintained that area for seven days and around a little over a week and, and the the park rangers came and issued an eviction notice. They actually just threw it on the ground and in front of me. And and the next day or a couple of days after the RCMP came in and arrested me and threatened the arrest of my mother and my sister and my other family members and other um, indigenous people from the tiny house warriors and ended up, you know, evicting everybody. And from there upon my release, we moved the tiny houses up here to an area that was already going to be an area cited for us to put the tiny houses. This is the area where they Kinder Morgan proposes to house and shelter a thousand men, a thousand construction workers. That would be the pipeline construction workers for the Kinder Morgan pipeline. There's three man camps that are proposed in our nation. Um, starting from the north, it would be Belmont, and here in Blue River, and then another one in Clearwater. They're all marked out with red or like orange construction fencing, a part of their construction um, plan. Um, they said, uh, yeah, the, they called it installing construction fencing. And so there's already been a second attempt by Kinder Morgan to, to install more fencing, but they, they, it keeps on getting removed and the people are just adamant that this, this, this camp is not going to be built. And so this area, Blue, Blue River is a settler community of, of probably around 160 people, very small. It, it gets big during the the summer months because our territory is really beautiful and many people from across Canada come to an area called Jasper, um, right there at the Alberta BC border, and that's the Quatmuk territory. We have winter village sites and uh, remnants of our pit house village sites there in Jasper as well. And so, as you follow this pipeline corridor down the length of it, 
um, it'll come to Mount Robson and in in the so-called BC um, portion. And right now there's a pumping station that's under construction by Kindermorgan, and it's right at the headwaters of the Fraser River. So a lot of this area, and to make it very, very clear, the name Trans Mountain, it, it speaks of what it's, you know, putting this pipeline through. It's like a various mountains and rugged terrain. And it was the Hudson Bay Company that first put the, the first uh, trade route right through the Yellowhead Pass on its way, you know, to Fort George, which is now Prince George. And that was to um, cut down six months for their furs to get to London. So it was bringing it through the mountainous corridor that was actually cut in time to the global market. And we saw it there in the Hudson Bay Chronicles of the early 1800s. And then, and then now today, it's, they want to bring another, you know, trade route, this transportation cor- corridor that is now the Highway 5 and this cur- and the current existing pipeline that follows the Highway 5 um, south to Kamloops. And so this corridor is rugged. It's, there's wetlands, there's bogs, there's um, many, many countless, countless like rivers and creeks that this pipeline proposes to go through. And it's actually threatening the salmon spawning areas. So Kinder Morgan last fall installed the salmon, or anti-salmon spawning mats to deter the salmon from spawning in these areas where they um, want to lay the pipes. And so just recently they announced again that they'll be installing them this fall. Um, the ones that were installed last fall were removed by monitors, our own people that went out to monitor the areas and they were removed and safely removed for our salmon ensure that they can continue to spawn in those creeks. So we're dealing with um, Kinder Morgan still continuing to like push through. Um, right now, um, here on Highway 5, the pipes that were being brought north um, on the big semi-truck loads, um, we haven't seen them since the announcement. So we're going to, you know, go up there and monitor an area where Trans Mountain just said two days before the announcement that they were starting to get the shovels in the ground and make sure that they're not continuing to work. Kanahus, the the resistance and opposition to the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline has been really impressive, the scope of it. You know, you have frontline resistance by members of communities like the Shawapmat that you've just talked about, the Tsleil-Waututh, the Squamish. You have people pursuing legal strategies, which, which resulted in this... Um, in this uh, legal victory at the Federal Court of Appeal in Canada. You have people doing civil disobedience at uh, Burnaby Mountain and everything in between. So I'm just wondering if you can reflect on that because um, we've spoken to each other formally and informally for, I don't know now, like over 15 years. And, you, you know, you've, you've been resisting resource extraction and the exploitation of the earth in so many different ways from, from resistance to Sun Peaks Resource, Imperial Metals, Mount Pauly, and much, much more. And often you've done that when you're relatively isolated and alone uh, in your community. But this is an example of something that has had national and international scope. So how does that feel? And, and, and reflect on, on the resistance uh, in this specific struggle against the uh, Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline. Uh, well, first of all, I think that, that what I would like to say is that it's always about the bigger picture, you know, you know, Wolverine, you know, he always brought that into our perspective all the time. Like think big picture, think big picture, you know, no matter, no matter what we're, 
resisting and what current resource extraction project is bombarding us at that time, we have to think about the big picture, you know, that this, the government of Canada and this colonial government of Canada has, you know, enforced these, you know, Indian Act and the, the BNA Act, you know, all these, you know, colonial laws that have continued to oppress us and, and made us, you know, into the state we are in, in now where we are fighting for our very existence and even just to have a square inch of our land is a fight, you know, and so by always and being able to u- utilize this, you know, national, international platform to be able to address Canada and to expose Canada on the major, you know, international human and Indigenous rights violations that continue to happen. They have not stopped. You know, Kinder Morgan is, and Canada's purchase of this pipeline isn't just the only violation. It continues to happen on a daily basis. Every Indigenous person across this Canada writes and title to their lands are being violated on a daily basis and and being able to you know talk to international media and be able to like explain that no Trudeau is not a good guy actually my grandfather you know one of our top indigenous leaders you know of the century has has stood up toe-to-toe to Pierre Elliott Trudeau you know his father and so we know that Justin Trudeau was groomed in this politics to you know uphold you know, this white supremacist, you know, notion here in Canada that, you know, and their whole goal, his father's whole goal was to exterminate Indigenous peoples, you know, exterminate any type of reference or mention or any any of our rights and our title to our lands to be included any time, anywhere within in, in their, you know, government, colonial governments. And so we know that. And now today, you know, Justin Trudeau is just following the very same, you know, footsteps. And so getting back to the being able to, you know, get out there and all the time, it's always depending on grassroots people that continue to, you know, do the media and do the videos, you know, making T-shirts, doing whatever we can to get out there, expose, you know, this issue of our lands and and our title to our lands and, and what this fight is about. And you have to go back, you know, it's about the title. And now the government of Canada um, here needs to recognize title. And that's what they're not going to do without a fight. You know, they're, they're going to say and use all the pretty words and Justin Trudeau's teary eyes and everything. But to us, he is an ugly man. Kanahos, with this announcement, one thing that can set can set in is uh, complacency. People think that that particular aspect of the fight is over; that this pipeline won't be built. So I know it's still pretty raw because this announcement was made within the last uh, forty eight hours. But um, can you talk to us about how people are going to avoid that complacency? It seems from everything you've just described in your community, that's not going to be a problem. But in terms of the bigger struggle, and for listeners who who, who maybe didn't quite catch that catch it. This uh, pipeline is on the verge of becoming a crown corporation that is owned by all Canadians because if it didn't, it probably would have been killed because the investors were going to pull out. So the Trudeau government decided to just buy it. They made it into a crown corporation and nationalized it. So uh, how how are you going to be able to avoid complacency with the perception right now that this pipeline uh, is, is practically dead? I think that everybody that's been involved in this movement, you know, to, you know, resist against this pipeline, block this pipeline, stop this pipeline, 
using whatever type of diversity of tactics that we needed to deploy. And there was, and there still is court challenges still, you know, pending against Kinder Morgan. This was one of the court challenges that, that, you know, we stood with the George family and the Tisleiwatu's nation, you know, as they, you know, chose to resist and fight against this pipeline in all different ways. And, and they chose this legal battle and, it's something that we, as tiny house warriors or the Suquatmoch, you know, peoples on the ground could not afford. You know, we couldn't afford that legal challenge. Where in the interior, where there's far less resources than the coast, and that's what we saw. That a lot of the resistance and the and the people and the mobilization was happening on the coast. That's where all the NGOs are, and all the nonprofit organizations that are that were, you know, standing up to put resources behind this fight, but. You know, like so many people said, and that we know in the movement, you know, from the Black Panthers and American Indian movement, is like how these non-profit organizations were even formed, you know? Is it to water down our message as the grassroots people? You know, as the grassroots people, we don't have as much resources as, you know, some of these big names and organizations, but we'll continue to resist whatever type of diversity of tactics. And a lot of the times... You know, some of these um, organizations, you know, that these mainstream organizations, Greenpeace 350, stand, all of them have young workers there. They're all young people that are working, you know, on the ground, you know, helping with their, their resources and everything. But does it, you know, compromise us as grassroots that, you know, want to have a big, loud voice because this is about title to land that maybe mainstream society, you know, doesn't want to recognize either you know so like in this fight that's why we have this platform to speak about our truth and it comes over complete 100 percent jurisdiction and authority over our territories you know the right to say no to a project and they have to listen you know we're, we're done with the consultation you know because the only ones that the federal government wants to consult with are the people that are selling us out. Kanahus, um, there's, uh, there's been a lot of talk of reconciliation. And, you know, you've already alluded to Trudeau's tears and, and apologies. Uh, you, have, you have situations right now across the Canadian state where, you know, people make uh, Indigenous land recognitions. Uh, the statue of Johnny McDonald was removed from in front of uh, Victoria City Hall as a gesture of reconciliation. I know you're critical of this, this, the politics of reconciliation, so this is moving a bit away from, from the trans, uh, Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline discussion, but it's linked because obviously when you're building over the land of Indigenous people who are opposing you, that's hardly reconciliation. So talk about the politics of reconciliation and the potential problems that that's causing. Obviously, it's better to give Indigenous land recognitions than not to, but it seems that there's a very superficial, uh, superficial idea of what it means to reckon with and to deal with Indigenous sovereignty over most of the land that we call uh, Canada? Well, I'll just say that, like, reconciliation for me is land. Like, you can't, we can't have freedom, we can't have a nation, we can't have even our culture and our language without land. Everything is based on the title to our lands, exclusive, you know, use and occupation, exclusive that we can, you know, even economically benefit off our lands through, you know, and it's the rest of Canada that has to make way, you know, to accept the change that's going to come. 
And that change might not, you know, might not make the rest of Canada happy because recognizing that we have title to this land that we have never given up, they're going to have to look at their fee simple simple title that, you know, their arrangement with the Crown Canada and this land that they think they've owned this all this whole time. But for, for the, you know, the federal government to, you know, use media stunts and sound bites and, you know, theater to be able to convince people that the Canadian government is reconciling anything. You know, they, we have not seen anything, you know, reconciled with, with Canada. And it's not going to be until there is full recognition, you know, over our title and our land. Like my father said, they will never give one square inch up without a fight. So get prepared. It is going to be a fight. And to think that, you know, so much of our people in this nonviolent civil disobedience and the zip straps or zap straps or whatever people want to call them to the to the fences is going to you know, get our land back. No, it's not. You know, it's going to take more than just photo ops and and sound bites on our part too. It's going to take a deep, you know, understanding, you know, by our own Indigenous people, the power that we have when we say we have title and rights to our lands and we have responsibility to defend it or else we'll have nothing left for the future and all those yet unborn the seriousness of it and the urgency of it that we're hearing from indigenous women from throughout the world not just here in canada indigenous women throughout the world that are saying this is urgent we have to stand up we have to fight back and it's not always going to be nice it's not always going to be nice Sometimes the world is going to need to see something and hear something and the conflict in a woman's voice, in her screams and her tears to know that there is conflict here in the country of Canada and there will continue to be until our rights and our title are recognized. Kanahos Manuel, part of the Shumapmak Women Warriors and the Tiny House Warriors, thank you for speaking with us on No Borders Media. You were listening to a No Borders Media interview with Kanaus Manuel of the Shemekmuk Women Warriors and the Tiny House Warriors who have been resisting the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline. Kanaus spoke to us by phone from beside the Blue River on the path of the proposed pipeline. No Borders Media, based in Toronto and Montreal, is an autonomous left-wing media network. We share and create content that supports the struggles of communities in resistance with a focus on the self-determination struggles of Indigenous peoples, migrants, refugees, and working-class people of colour, all in the context of opposition to capitalism and colonialism. Some current focuses include migrant justice, resistance to borders, anti-fascism, and anarchism. We are in the early stages of our independent media project. To stay in touch, send us an email at nobordersmedianetwork at gmail.com or look for No Borders Media on Facebook or SoundCloud. Much more to come in the coming weeks and months. We end this audio dispatch with music from the Tiny House Warriors Bandcamp. This track is called Homeland by the Snotty Nose Res Kids featuring Mob Bounce. Yeah. I'm gonna try some singing, man. I don't sing that one. I feel good.
Righteous complexion, that was never my objection. Never the best one, but a blessed one. If I stray, send protection for my neglection, okay? Even nomads have homelands, people of the elements who know land. We know land. Look, we're unstolen. Look, we're from the land of the free. The stolen land don't cost nothing. Where my own people feel they won't amount to nothing on the wrong land. I don't know, man. Tell me why your home man don't feel like home, fam. Yo, is it the power of the people? No suppressed the people. When they say we come in peace, man, I can't believe them. They got the grim ring belief, the finger that can't be peaceful. That's why it hurts when I hear you say your lives are equal. Picture this. Have you had a family member raped or murdered? Has a brother taken his life? Oh, is that unheard of? If not, then perfect. I haven't even scratched the surface. But if I got you feeling worthless, then the system's working. Yeah, while we preach free speech. To me, that seems sick. When the prime minister can make a promise he can keep Now I'm leaning on my elders, taking in what they can teach Cause the system I'm accustomed to makes freedom out of reach But I'm blessed in a way, cause the homeland is beautiful Oceanfront view, man, the energy be feeling you Forest in the backyard, rivers pouring through them All the calls of my relations sounding like a fucking musical Mountain fills the sky, wind fills the valley Smoke fills the smoke, I send my mama's back alley You know L-O-V-E, I got it bad from the start Working the displaced with their homelands in their heart I'm just living out this life I was given on my homeland Hear me laugh, hear me cry, see me smile, see me frown on my homeland That's my homeland, I know I like the back of my hand It's my homeland Cause everything I'm not made me, everything I am on my homeland Look, 
Don't get me wrong, I'm still feeling for the finer things. But that don't mean I don't appreciate the minor things. If choosing honesty allows new growth every day, it's for the man up in the mirror, then I guess it's time for change. I fell off in the city, so I came back home. Remind my mom, oh, maybe some corned beef stew that's for the soul. My baba died in her cry, was the saddest thing I ever heard. Until the sisters made her laugh, now that's the sweetest sound on earth, baby. There ain't no love like Manet love, yeah. Cause they're the ones that remind me of who I am And that love will tilt the scale way more than hate does I can't thank you all enough, fam So hold your head high, I know this shit hurts Yeah, but it could always be worse And despite whatever happens Remember that you're stronger now than you were back then And if you cross the same path and just happen to be asking How I'm doing, yeah. With a big grin on my face, I'd be like, shit. Then I reply back, I'm just living out this life I was given on my homeland. On my homeland. Hear me laugh, hear me cry, see me smile, see me frown on my homeland. It's my homeland. I know I like the back of my hand. It's my homeland. Cause everything I'm not made me, everything I am on my homeland. Resorts and territory where the bears are territorial. Stare at you before you look better. Say sorry. Beware the beast that protect the bury you. Sacred stones in the circle. See it from the aerial. This is that area where the ancestors carry you. Observe and see the part of you that will be preparing you. It's the guidance from Creator that will surely take care of you. Like the plants and trees that give the air to you. We share their love in every breath and every sign, every death and every life. Let's bless our lives, the best of our hearts and minds. I never been to my homeland, I'm a nomad. My mom and dad came together and I'm what they had. Lil had breed, had pre-born on carrier territory and PG. I was carried from the prairies all the way to BC. Where my home is then, with the woods so it's in. My home is with them, grown with them. I know it then. I spit at 16 about the way shit's been And it helps me tell a story about my kin Where I was raised upon the sticks Been kicking it with teens Want to inspire their dreams They don't feel at home Need to help them hone in on the needs A few words to understand They stewards of the land 